It's time for Sports Specs with Sam and Spence. What is up, everyone? Welcome to Sports Specs with Sam and Spence. I am your host, Sam Parsons. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Spencer Vermeer. Spence, how you doing, bud? Uh, recovering from my wounds from uh, Sunday and Saturday. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think uh, I've got the gauze finally off of the wounds and maybe we can uh, just get some fresh wounds maybe this week hopefully minimal wounds time to know time to figure out what you're talking about there bud because another week of football is in the books Uh, for the uninitiated this is a weekly show here on kboe and the podcast platform of your choice in which spence and i take a look at some of the vegas lines for college and pro football that maybe grab our attention or are just relevant to our listening area or preferably both um and then we make picks accordingly, and as always, we start the show with our report card from last week, as Spence kind of hinted. Wasn't a good week for him. No. Wasn't really a great week for either of us, but let's let's just dive right on into this thing. We looked at three college games last week with both Iowa teams in action, as well as another marquee matchup. Iowa was a four-and-a-half-point underdog at Purdue, and they smashed that. They won 24-3. to I picked the Hawkeyes. Spence picked the Boilermakers. I'm on the board. Spence is not. Then Iowa State hosted West Virginia. They were seven-point favorites. And both Spence and I got this one wrong because Iowa State won by 17 and uh, we both picked West Virginia. Lesson learned, Spence, uh, don't bet on the people who breathe in radioactive coal dust on a daily basis. Uh, That's just all where I'm going to leave that. Finally, uh, for college games, we had the game of the year. Florida International versus North Texas. That was a good one. Tell you what. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Is that what you meant to say? Game that we all had circled on our calendars. Yeah, it was... It, no, I'm kidding. It was number three, Georgia at number one, Tennessee. And Georgia, I guess, uh, didn't take too kindly to the College Football Playoff Committee ranking them number three because they smashed the Volunteers. Mm. It was 27-13. Game was not as close as the score indicated. Both Spence and I were rooting for the upset. We both picked the Vols, and we both whiffed. Yeah, so, I mean, really one win between the two of us uh, for... <laughs> for the three games so yeah not a whole lot to talk about there but uh you know if anything as an Iowa fan it's good to see the schneid get done against Purdue because uh that was just getting to be humiliating every game with David Bell just racking up receiving yards left and right he's gone and so is that uh, losing streak Then we get to Sunday's NFL games. As always, Spence and I both picked two games individually as well as our game of the week. Spence, your first pick was Washington versus Minnesota. You picked the Vikings as three-and-a-half-point favorites in classic betting fashion. Mm. They missed by a half a point. Mm -hmm. Sorry, bud. You also picked the LA Rams getting three at Tampa Bay. That was a push thanks to a last-minute game-winning touchdown from the Bucs to win by three. So you came very close to getting that, but unfortunately, no dice. Nope, not meant to be. If we would just had maybe that uh, touchdown thrown uh, with time running out, then they wouldn't have kicked the uh, extra point, and that would have been a victory for me, but uh, it's mm-hmm. too little too late to ask for that. Yeah, I don't know how many seconds relative, but it was like six seconds, so yeah, you missed much. out just by seconds. Right. Sorry again. I, on the other <laughs> hand, I went one and a half for two because, again, we grade pushes like the NFL grades ties. They're a half a win and a half a loss. So I went one and a half for two. I also had a push. I had the Atlanta Falcons as three-point dogs to the L.A. Chargers. was feeling really good about that one when I saw the list of Chargers receivers that were active and realized I had no idea who any of them were. 
But it was still a push. The Falcons falconed their way to a three-point loss. It was actually very funny watching that happen. <laughs> um, and I had Seattle as a two-point underdog to Arizona. Page one of the playbook, bet against the Cardinals, and uh, it. Spence, you and I both agreed that this line had no business being where it was. So, uh, yeah, easy pick. Seahawks won by 10. I got the win. Very well done. I just would have been nice to take that Seahawks pick. Uh, I did place the money on it as soon as I saw it. I think even before we recorded the show, because you looked at the lines and said, how is that possible? And I went, I don't know, but I'm taking <laughs> advantage of it now, thinking, you know, the Seahawks are going to be favorites by the time this game happens, which never did happen. Yeah. So I don't know who was betting on the Cardinals thinking, oh, this game, this team's going to turn around. It's They looked like what we've been talking about all year. That's a really good question. Who was betting against uh, betting on the Cardinals? I would like to know. Mm. So I know well. to not listen to their advice ever. Then our game of the week was Chiefs-Titans, which was the biggest spread of any of our games of the week or, or game of the weeks. I don't yeah. know the, the right plural, game of the weeks. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I don't know which one is the right plural, but uh, Spence and I were both wrong about our picks because we both picked the Chiefs as heavy favorites and they only won by three. So final score from last week was Sam two and a half, Spence one half. Mm. So... That means that I'm back in the lead overall, back where I belong. Uh, we are now exactly 50 picks into the season each, Spence. We've both made exactly 50 picks on this show. I have picked 25 correctly, so I've got exactly <laughs> one half of my picks correct. You have picked 24 correctly, again, using pushes as half a win. Uh, what can you do? So other than maybe gain this week, let's see what happens. That's right. It's time to get back to the drawing board, and uh, this week... Slightly different from uh, usual. We'll talk about uh, what I mean by that in a minute, but uh, we, we will always start with college, which is what we're going to do here, starting with Iowa. Iowa is once again an underdog this week, and they have the battle for the Heartland Trophy against Wisconsin. One and a half point dogs at home. Spence, who you got? Looking at the trends in this game, they're non-existent to go with anything in uh, that realm. The Badgers are 1-4 against the spread away lately. Hawks are 2-5 and five against the spread at home lately. So those counter each other. Mm. Uh, just We're not talking over-under, but over is 6-1 and one for the Badgers and under is 7-3 and three for the Hawks. So who's going to win that one? That's the hard one to pick there at two. But look, getting to this game specifically, the Hawk ID as good as it is, seems to get better every single week. They just destroyed Purdue last week. And uh, I'm going to just say that uh, I'm going to hinge it on that. If they get better against Wisconsin, as hard as they took it to Purdue, uh, and they're going to be in Iowa. So uh, the Hawk crowd, I think, is now going to be rejuvenated after the (laughs) just (laughs) malaise that they were watching the offense which finally found some stuff there. I'm going to go with the Hawks in this one, even getting points, uh, the one and a half minimum that it could be, but at least that's a possibility as well. Wisconsin, they seem to have finally gotten their running game going over the last few weeks, and that has been their staple for as long as I can remember watching Wisconsin. They struggled at times running the ball in their first few weeks, but they've won three out of their last four on the back of their running game. Basically, my read on Wisconsin is that their offense does better the less they put the ball in the hands of Graham Mertz, who's their quarterback, because uh, he's got good arm talent. I don't know if you've ever watched him play. He's got good arm talent, but he's got nothing going on between the ears, man. This kid's kind of an idiot. Mm. I'm sorry. (laughs) Luckily for Iowa, you got that going on. And uh, also... 
they are one of the best teams in the country at taking the run away. They're also great at pass defense. Like we've said so many times in this show, this, this Iowa defense is very, very legit. It's mm. fun to watch. Yeah. They are excellent at both phases, but especially the run, I will say. And for that reason, I also see Iowa winning this thing. I just don't feel threatened by the Wisconsin offense this season at all, really. And uh, for this particular matchup especially, Iowa, I think, should be able to put the clamps down on them. Well, I guess we're just really hoping that uh, Iowa's offense looks the way they have the last two weeks as opposed to the first six or however many it was. Very true. Very true. And that, that, is, that is a dicey proposition. It is. Next up, we have Iowa State, who was once again favored this week. They have a one-and-a-half-point spread at Oklahoma State. Spence, what's your read on that? There's too much going wrong with uh, Oklahoma State right now. They looked you know, well, they didn't look good because it was preseason, but everyone thought that they looked good going into the season, and they haven't materialized that uh, t- top 25 preseason ranking, and they're completely out now. Uh, and when your defense is touted as worse than Oklahoma's defense, <laughs> then it's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's too much evidence that they are not the team of last year, and which is really why this line is still, I think, so even. I just think it was, it's still Oklahoma State. You know, they might do something. It's really unknown whether Spencer Sanders is going to be back, but he's not going to be at full ability if he does. Uh, all my mental signals say ISU with the way the Cyclone D is playing right now. So give me the Cyclones. Yeah, just two weeks ago, OK State was in the top 10, actually, Mm. in the AP poll. Now they are, like you said, completely unranked because they've been smashed by Kansas State and Kansas in back-to-back weeks. Now, uh, they lost their starting quarterback in the process, like he's alluded to there, Spencer Sanders. He was knocked out of that game against Kansas State. He is questionable this week. Don't know what's going to happen there, but it's worth mentioning that backup Garrett Rangel struggled against Kansas and the number 88-ranked scoring defense in the country last week. So if he plays, then I'm going to feel great about picking Iowa State. I think I'm going to pick Iowa State regardless, though, because OK State, they had success on offense earlier this season against lackluster defenses, but... Not so much in recent weeks, like I said, and also they're up against a great defense this week in Iowa State. Iowa State's defense has been very, very good this year. So, as you can guess, like like Spence alluded to as well, OK State's defense, being in the Big 12, they're very, very bad. So, I'll take Iowa State. All right. So, those are our college games of this week. Our college picks coming up. We'll get to the slate of NFL action for this week. That's coming up after a break on 104.9 FM KBOE. Welcome back to Sports Specs with Sam and Spence. Time now to talk about the NFL slate for what is week 10 of the NFL season. We got a surprise for this week's show with only with a one fewer college game that we're talking about this week. Only two college games that Spence and I discussed. We actually decided, made a joint decision mm-hmm. to do two games of the week or game of the weeks, whichever is the right plural. I guess. Game of the week. How about that? games of the week yes uh so we're doing two of those so we're actually talking about six nfl games this week instead of the usual five and uh, we're going to bookend the discussions of our individual picks with the with said games of the week so we are starting with minnesota buffalo a line that has moved a lot already this week with uh certain news that is coming out we'll elaborate that on that shortly 
Three and a half is the line right now, favoring the Bills, of course. And Spence, I'll let you start us off. What do you think about this game? Definitely the marquee game. Really only uh, three losses between the two teams. Uh, you got two division leaders and a very important game. I think more important for the Bills. They they have division uh, players or teams really breathing down their necks uh, with uh, the Jets and the Dolphins. It's possible if they lose this game, they're third in their division. <laughs> it's not probable, I would say, but they could be third in their division. And That's looking up at the Jets and the Dolphins. Ugly. Yes, I know. Now, are we saying it's going to happen? We're just going to have to wait and see. But we do have the injury to talk about. And it's the best or one of the best players on the field today. It's Josh Allen and his elbow on his throwing arm. He's day-to-day, and nothing is being said yet at the time of this airing whether he will play or not. Now, they've got a decent backup in Case Keenum, but he's not Josh. Uh, even though the points have flown down a little bit, uh, heading toward Minnesota, uh, Buffalo is still favored. You get points if you pick Minnesota. I'm saying jump on it now because if Josh doesn't play, that line's going to dip into Pick'em range or Minnesota, I think, even being favored. Yeah, the Vikings, they were 6-1 and one last week when I was on this very show questioning whether they were actually a good football team or not. A three-point win over the Washington Commanders does not uh, help my confidence in them. They still rank 21st in yards per drive on offense, 22nd in yards allowed per drive on defense. By points per drive they on offense and defense, they rank 12th and 13th, which isn't bad, mm-hmm. but... For seven and one team now, there's a quite the gap I think between the performance of this team and their win loss record. The key here, though, of course, can't be said enough, is the health of Josh Allen. You know, as good of an overall team as the Bills are, I think they're a way better team overall than the Vikings are. They need Allen out there to win games. Mm. He is responsible for eight. 81.7% of their total offensive yards this season. That is the highest number in the league for any individual player. So my calculus is simple. If Allen plays, I'm taking the Bills. If Allen doesn't play, I'm probably just not betting on this game at all. But for the purposes of the show, I have to pick one or the other. So give me the Bills. Screw it. Why not? <laughs> Let's get to our individual picks next. Uh, Spence, who's your first uh, individual game of the week? We are looking at... We are looking at the Cowboys heading down to Green Bay to play the Packers, and they are giving up five points on the road against a Green Bay team that's just not looking all that good whatsoever. I'm going to go with the evidence of the train wreck that Green Bay has become. It is Green Bay, but much of this may hinge on whether Elliot, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, plays or not, and if he doesn't, I'm at the opinion nowadays that I think it's a good thing because... I think Pollard is the better option right now. He kind of proved that this past week. And there's just no weapons for Green Bay to possibly make a comeback if they've got to go to the pass. Uh, It just doesn't seem like, uh, even with Aaron Rodgers, he's got nobody to throw to. Uh, Dallas can key in on stopping Aaron Jones, and if he's stopped, then who knows where their next plan B is going to be. I just don't see the wide receivers stepping up. Give me Dallas by five. Real quick, I have to say this about the Ezekiel Elliott situation. I completely agree. And the Cowboys are out of reasons to, 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 to stop giving the ball to Tony Pollard. Just stop it. Stop it. Tony Pollard is better right now. I know you're paying Zeke all that money. That's totally your fault. Yeah. Stop it with the sunk cost stuff. But anyway, 
Back to the game at hand. Green Bay has too many issues for the little amount of time I have to talk about them on this show, but it mostly <laughs> boils down to Joe Barry being an awful defensive coordinator. I'm sorry. He was he was a failure in Detroit. He was a failure in Washington. Somehow, he's a failure the third time around. I wonder what the trend is there. And uh, the Packers also having that very, very bad receiving core. And also, Aaron Rodgers is having Aaron Rodgers problems this season. I, I mean that this way as he has shown throughout his career when he has receivers that he doesn't like he doesn't throw with anticipation and to beat the Cowboys defense you have to throw with anticipation you have to catch Trayvon Diggs out of position you have to get rid of the ball before Micah Parsons destroys you so with all that being said and the fact that the cat the arrow for the Cowboys offense seems to be pointing up since Dak has gotten back from his injury and since Ezekiel Elliott's been out um, I, I agree with this pick so no no problems from me on this one my first individual pick this week, I'm going to the Seattle-Tampa Bay game. Seattle is getting three on the road at the Bucks. Another week, another game where the Seahawks are underdogs, and they probably shouldn't be, in my opinion. Tampa Bay, they've struggled this season. We talked about that at length in last week's show when we were talking about you picking them, uh, or picking the uh, Bucks-Rams game. Offensively, as we all know, this the interior of this offensive line is deep into the weeds with bad players, and uh, as such, they have not been able to run the ball at all. They're historically bad, actually, at running the ball this season. Brady and the receivers just aren't on the same page. Defensively, the numbers for Tampa Bay still look pretty good, but they haven't been the same with they haven't been the same without Antoine Winfield. He is going to be back this week, but even knowing that, I think that the Seahawks offense is just flat out good right now. It's not one of the best, but it's good. I predicted that this team would be better than everybody gave them credit for before the season, but I did not, uh, I would never would have guessed that they would have already surpassed their over-under win total nine weeks in. Wow. I'm feeling like riding this wave. I feel like uh, picking the Seahawks, just because, shockingly, I think that they're just the better team right now. I can't uh, disagree. I'm still down on Tampa Bay, even though they did win in... uh spectacular fashion last week and they still only won by three uh in last second uh plays that uh, tom brady has done throughout uh, his 20 plus years of playing in the nfl but seattle you know nobody gives them respect that's got a kind of uh influence how you play as well if you know if you're looked at as the underdog you you want to gain respect and you play like if you're not going to give me respect then i'm going to take it out on the team that's across the uh, line of scrimmage everyone wrote gino off he didn't write him back though <laughs> <laughs> iconic soundbite from earlier this season Very we're going to take a break we'll get to our last three nfl games for this week after this on 104.9 kboe Back with you one more time for Sports Specs with Sam and Spence, talking about three more NFL games this week. Spence, your second of two individual picks. Let's hear it. Uh, Browns heading to Miami. And the line on that, if I can bring it in front of me one more time, it's three and a half. is three and a half in favor of Miami. So there's two weapons, dangerous weapons. Tyreek Hill proving... To everybody, what a lot of people weren't saying, they were just saying he was a deep threat and that's about the only thing that he had going for him. Now that he doesn't have anybody with a monster arm like uh, Patrick Mahomes, suddenly he is the best receiver in the NFL right now. And by a large margin in as far as yards uh, gained. And there's Jalen Waddle on that team too. 
easily the best wide receiver two, I think, in the NFL right now. Because Jalen Waddle was looking to be a wide receiver one until Tyreek got the, on the team, which is also why the numbers for Jalen Waddle are so good. Everyone's keen on Tyreek. Denzel Ward can't cover both of them. It is pretty much impossible to do that. But Dolphins aren't the best at stopping the run. That's where Chubb is top tier this year. And they still have Kareem Hunt behind him. Makes it a hard game to pick. But with the way Miami is scoring right now, and the fact that Cleveland is 24th in scoring defense, uh, I think the Finns, with a boost from the home crowd, take this uh, just before Deshaun Watson gets back on the field for Cleveland. So I will take uh, the Dolphins giving up the points. Cleveland has struggled so much more on defense this year than I would have guessed entering the season. We all know Miles Garrett is just insanely good. He's one of the best in the business. But the secondary, they've got talent. They've got Denzel Ward, Grant Delpit, Josh, John Johnson, and Greg Newsom back there. Greedy Williams as your nickel. That's, that's, that's a good group of players, but it hasn't materialized into anything good this year. So I think Miami's offense keeps it going. I mean, that you said it, Spence. Nothing really to add. This two, these two wide receivers are just a task for defenses to handle. I have no idea. I would hate to be a defensive coordinator going up against those two. But for the flip side, Miami has struggled pretty big on defense this year. It's kind of flown under the radar with how good they've been on offense. So I think that Cleveland will actually be able to score points. But even so, in a shootout, I have a lot more faith in Miami's offense than I have in Cleveland. So I endorse this bet. And honestly, I probably would have taken it up if, if you hadn't. One baffling thing to me is that two of the top five uh, receiving uh, or receivers in yards are on the Dolphins. Yet Tua Tangavailoa is not in the top five in passing yards. I don't know. Do, do the tight ends and every other receiver have like 100 between the three of them or... I have no idea how that works. So it's two things there. One is that, yes, the vast majority of the yardage have gone to those two receivers, but also two has missed a couple games. Oh, that's a good point. I forgot that he was uh, out because of the concussion. So, yeah, that took him out of a lot of the uh, possible yards he could have had. Otherwise, yeah, he probably would be top three. Yeah, two of those things working together for that happening. My, my second individual pick, I'm going to the game tonight, baby. <laughs> Falcons-Panthers. Falcons are favored by two and a half in Carolina. First and foremost, got to say this. Mm. Must make this abundantly clear. <laughs> Nobody else should be betting on this game. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> I am diving face first into the dumpster here because I have problems. <laughs> I'm a self-loathing man, and that is what you must be to be betting on this game. <laughs> you dear listener at home should not be like me so stay away from this and anyway, onto the onto my analysis of this monstrosity of a football game uh, pj walker actually looked pretty good for the panthers for a couple weeks prior to melting down against the bengals but he's got an opportunity to get right this week against the falcons who without aj terrell have probably actually forget about the probably they have the worst secondary in football without aj terrell and terrell is out this week so I think Walker should be able to move the ball on the Falcons. On the flip side, the Falcons, uh, they should have success running the ball against this Panthers defense because they did just two weeks ago with Caleb Huntley, who had like five yards of carry in that game, who, side note, is a 24-year-old who looks like he's 40. I just wanted to say that. that. That has nothing to do with my pick. But my verdict for this football game, if you want to call it that, is to pick the Falcons. Uh, they're, they're, I think that they'll win by three or more. It, it, it feels wrong, but it feels so right. 
I'm not even going to tip my hand on what I think of this one because <laughs> like, I'm just going to go with uh, what you said at the start of this. I'm not going to bet this game and not even really going to look at it. So you're on your own on this one. That good for you, Spence. <laughs> All right, second game of the week. Our second game of the week this week because we are doing two games of the week as a little uh, curveball. Chargers 49ers. The Chargers are getting seven right now in San Francisco. Spence, I'll have you start us off here. What you got for this? Uh, I'm hinging on how good San Francisco looked with uh, McCaffrey in his first full legitimate time to play for them. One of, I think, two people to have a passing, a receiving, and a rushing touchdown with as many yards as he got in each of those categories. And now Deba Samuel is back after getting back in injuries. It's an offense you just can't predict anymore with both of those weapons, two of the biggest Swiss Army knives in the game right now in Debo and Christian. And with injuries on the Chargers that are numerous, too many to really mention, this could be another blowout, just like the last time San Francisco played. And they've got two weeks off leading into it. I'm giving up a chunk of yards, but I'm taking San Francisco. I'm in complete agreement with you on this. I've talked about how the 49ers have been dealing with quite a few injuries on defense in recent weeks, but now after their bye week, reinforcements are on the way. Not sure how many of them are going to be back this particular week, but they are anticipating uh, Eric Armstead, Dre Greenlaw, and Samson Ebukam returning soon. Again, it's not guaranteed this week. They're all questionable right now. We don't know if any of those guys are going to be playing this week, but they are all, are all going to be back soon. And again, Debo Samuel is definitely going to be back this week for the offense, which is going to open up some really fun possibilities. Regardless of the status of those defensive players, though, the 49ers just match up really well with the Chargers, especially with the Chargers' injuries. The 49er defensive front is going to make life difficult for any quarterback, and uh, it will for Justin Herbert playing behind an offensive line that is already missing their best player and might be without both of their starting tackles. Mm. And though Herbert is one of the best in the business at getting rid of the football and avoiding sacks, which I think is a very underrated skill for quarterbacks, he's still got no one to throw to. The Chargers are still without all three of their top three receivers. And so with the 49ers being better healthier coming off a bye playing at home i'll take the 49ers minus seven i'll feel pretty good about it anything that you wanted to add there or nope i think i covered it and you kind of just uh, reinforced it okay gotcha so that'll do it for us this week. Thanks for listening. If you're listening to this in podcast form, as always, after it has aired, uh, please be sure to rate and review it on your podcast platform of choice. That'd be great. This has been Sports Specs with Sam and Spence. We'll kick it back to the country tunes here on KBOE. So long and have a great weekend, everybody. 